Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Greenbar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Greenbar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. My goodness, what a day that was yesterday. Wow, 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 wow. Um, Here in St. Louis, and for me personally, started the day, Drew, waking up in Bloomington, Indiana, ready to go see my Hoosiers take on Kansas. And when I arrived at Assembly Hall, I joined uh, Christian Watford, who hit the famous shot against Kentucky in 2011. He hosts a podcast with Derek Elston in the lobby of Assembly Hall before this game called Beyond the Big Ten. Asked me to be on the podcast with our own Alex Rich. We had a great time visiting with him. Then IU went out, and I mean they lit up Kansas in the first half. That place was about to fall down. It was rocking like I haven't heard it in a long time. And back came the Jayhawks. That's why they're good. Uh, they, They found a way. The officiating did not help, but I'm not here to complain. I never have blamed officiating on a game, but it did not help. Uh, IU kind of got homered in their own gym. But anyway, uh, Kansas found a way to win the game. 75-71 did a a terrific job coming back and beating the Hoosiers. Good uh, road win for IU, for Kansas. Not going to hurt IU necessarily, but it's a missed opportunity. Then got in the car and got home as soon as I could because my daughter uh, was having a birthday party. Her birthday is today. Happy birthday, Audrey. The big one, three today. I got two teenagers. Now we have two teenagers in the house, but we took her entire basketball team to the slough game. And I met them at the school so we could bust down together and then go to the game. We went into the game and saw slough take a lead. It was like a carbon copy. Slough takes a big lead. They're beating a good Louisiana tech team. who was favored in the game. And then here comes Tech. And Tech is experienced. They're poised. They didn't turn the ball over one time yesterday. Not one time. And SLU, who was playing tight, really man-to-man half-court defense is the reason why and protecting the paint. But anyway, they weren't taking a lot of gambles defensively. You know what I mean? But SLU loses the lead. And Louisiana Tech takes a six-point lead. And I'm sitting there like, this isn't happening to me again, is it? And here comes not just SLU, but here comes Terrence Hargrove Jr. First, with the score 70 to 64, mind you, with 36 seconds left, the clock winds down to 28 seconds, and he does this. In the front court with Hargrove. Drive to the hole. Jam time, flight 22. 
Brad, uh, uh, Travis wanted a foul. And he did get it. It's a, it's a three-point play opportunity, so it's the best scenario. So Hargrove Air uh, Hargrove Airlines with the dunk, and suddenly it's 70 to 67, then a foul, and one of two free throws made by Louisiana Tech. So it's 71-67. Hargrove has the big on him. Head and shoulder fake. Drive to the hole. Layup good, Hargrove. Timeout St. Louis. Two-point game, 17 seconds left. All right, so 71-69, quick foul. Now it's 71-69. They make, again, one of two free throws. It's a three-point lead for Louisiana Tech, 72-69. Medley with Hargrove. Hargrove between the circles, gets a screen, takes a three. Bang, you got it! Tie game! T.J. Hargrove, six seconds left. 72-72, then you hear that whistle right there. They throw the ball in, and a foul is called on Slew in the backcourt with five seconds left. Unbelievable. And the Tech is a good team. They make both free throws, and it's now 74-72, Louisiana Tech. One last chance for Slew. 74-72, five seconds. Here comes Hargrove. Hargrove across the timeline. Three, two, one. Bang, you got it! The Billikens win! The Billikens win! Hargrove at the buzzer! Hargrove at the buzzer! Hits the three! What a run by Terrence Hargrove Jr. to finish the game! Dunks and threes! All from Hargrove! He wins at the buzzer! Holy cow! 75-74! Terrence Hargrove Jr. hits the three at the buzzer! Austin Jr., I don't believe it. I didn't either, and neither did this building. It was unbelievable. Hargrove hits the shot. The kid is just amazing. He runs around the perimeter of the court, high-fiving fans, and after getting swarmed by his teammates, and the Billikens win the game 75-74. That's 11 points in the final 28 seconds for Terrence Hargrove Jr. He scores the Billikens' last 11 points in the final 28 seconds. And the Billikens win the game. Incredible. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. with the coach. Travis Ford joins us. I don't know if I've seen a finish like that by an individual. You know, he didn't have any point. All his points came at the five spot. Every point he scored came at the five. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that's exactly how we planned it. That's what we practiced yesterday, 100%. Um, We just said, listen, here's how we're going to win it. And, uh. No, I, you you're know. heading out to the funny bone after this. Is <laughs> that the thing? Okay, yeah. How about that? Travis Ford. He'll be joining us live at 1030. What an incredible, wacky, crazy finish. Slew beats Louisiana Tech. Boy, do they need that. They get a nice win. Now they go to NC State on Wednesday. They'll have their hands full, but nice back-to-back wins for a team that can't shake the injury bug, uh, can't get players cleared. They finally get uh, as cleared and he's good. Uh, the big man, wait till he starts to round into shape. He's pretty good. Uh, he scored 17 points, so Slew gets a very nice win. Then right down the street, we get into our bus. And by the way, back to the girls, they're like thrilled. I mean, they can't believe it. They're bouncing up and down. They got moved down to the floor to the student section. Slew recognized that they were there, so they moved them down so they could be right on the floor and, and help with the energy because the students you know, aren't there. And they were dancing and screaming and having a good time. Anyway, we get it back on the bus. And then this happens in overtime at Enterprise Center. He'll drop it off for Thomas. Trying to find some room and some speed to the speedster Cairo. He darts up the middle. In on goal. Cairo. Save. Rebound.
That's big. On Bally Sports Midwest, John Kelly with the call. Not only the goal from Pareko, 37 seconds, but the play by Kairou and the response that Kairou got and the bounce back after getting booed on Thursday and being very emotional about it. Now the cheers coming down. You know, that's family. Family, sometimes you have an argument. Family, sometimes you get reprimanded, but they still love you. And that's exactly what happened to a young Jordan Kairou. Now he feels the love of the fans. Didn't take long. Fans will be there for him. And the Blues get a terrific win, 4-3, to three, over the Dallas Stars. We'll talk that over with Drew Bannister, the interim coach of the Blues, at 1045. I mentioned Travis at 1030, but we are one minute away from the president of baseball operations of the St. Louis Cardinals. John Mosellock will join us a little early today, and that's because we have Chiefs football. The Chiefs and the Patriots get going with an 11 a.m. pregame. So we'll take you to that. But next, it's John Mosellock on KMOX. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Crazy day last night with the Billikens and Blues both winning in dramatic fashion. Travis Ford, Drew Bannister, our next two guests. But first, it is the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock of the St. Louis Cardinals, joining us early and joining us live. And we appreciate this. It's an hour show because of the Chiefs. So thanks for joining us early. Good morning. Morning. Uh, how are things going in your world? I uh, have noted that we talk on this show. We have a policy. You have a policy. We don't talk about free agents, but I always tell people, listen to John Mosellock. He tells you what he's going to do. I mean, you told us you were going after innings, and what did you do? You picked up Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and a really good one in Sonny Gray. You've also told us that you were going after some bullpen help, and uh, just curious how that's going. If I recall, it was you know, you're looking for maybe a high leverage arm uh, to to accompany what you have. Yeah, so a couple things. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we last spoke, but you know we were able to pick up someone in the Rule Five that we think can give us depth. We were able to move To, which um, we also are excited about the arm we got in that deal, and then ultimately, as we look towards this week, I still think we're going to try to, to add something in the bullpen. I do feel like from a market standpoint, you, you know, a lot of times as you start to approach Christmas, people get much more eager to try to do something. And, um, you know, so it'd be sort of interesting to see how these, you know, next five or six days play out uh, with regards to movement. But, you know, if we're not able to do what we hope to do in the next uh, week or so, you know, we'll flip over to get past Christmas and, you know, we'll still be looking around. Um, so there's still a lot of time. And, um, you know, right now I, I think we're still in a pretty good spot from a Cardinal perspective. So, um, you know, pretty bullish on our off season so far. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you did uh, pretty quickly. And was, was that the strategy from the beginning to try to fill those three rotation spots as fast as you could? Was part of the strategy – to get ahead of the market a little bit and just make sure you had it in place? Well, I, yes, because <laughs> my biggest fear was if we were, if, if we were too patient or not aggressive enough, then I, I was just worried that those types of players or pitchers wouldn't be available. So, you know, as, as we talked about before, um, one of the things that, that we were really valuing is, is we felt there was a void in our clubhouse last year from just, experience someone who's been through it and when you look at the the three pitchers we signed you know what do they all have in common they're they're uber competitive they understand the day-to-day routine of 162 over 187 
and they want the ball. And so when you, when you factor these things into it, um, those are the types of characteristics that we wanted to, to try to identify, not just for, you know, trying to get, you know, north of 160 innings uh, on the mound, but we also wanted to get some presence in that clubhouse and all three of those guys uh, check all those boxes. Certainly. And I know that I have, well, I'm going to, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume that you leave the door open if anything presents itself starter wise still like you, you, it's always a fluid situation and you leave it open. I also recall in terms of depth, the fact that, you know, if somebody does go down, what do you do? And do you feel pretty good about that at the moment? I mean, I, I do think we, we feel okay about it, but to your point, you know, why close doors today? I mean, there's, there's still plenty of time in this off season and there, there could be something that, presents itself it just makes sense and you know we actually like our bullpen i think you know we're, we, we do think like the helsley gallegos and romero are a pretty good way to finish a game and they give you some flexibility and you know i do feel like gallegos did not have the year he hoped last year but i think you know ending the season on the il gave him additional time to rest um right now he seems to be having a very normal and 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 um I'd say like uh, positive off season. So, you know, we're hoping Gallegos gets back to what we saw a couple of years ago and, and gives us that sort of flexibility. So when you think about adding a rotation arm still versus bullpen, all we want to do is shorten this game. You know, it's nine innings and the, the deeper we can go with our starters, the better our, our bullpen will be regardless who's in it. So um, that's really been the key of this off season. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to work that way through, uh, through the remainder uh, two months before we get down to Jupiter. Uh, innings are a big deal. I mean, the numbers play it out. You're better when your starters go deeper into a game. It's just the way it is. But I, I thought that a big loss for you last year was Helsley, actually. I know we make a lot of, uh, of Wainwright's injury and Michaelis getting off to a slow start and the WBC and all that stuff, and we focus on your starters. But Helsley missed like half the year. And doesn't that oh. change your bullpen structure? Absolutely. Um, so what, what ended up happening last year was uh, our, our starters weren't going very deep. So we expose our bullpen. We overuse our bullpen early. And then when you lose somebody like a closer at any point, that, that can that can derail a season. I mean, look at what happened with the Mets. Um, you know, they, they were built to win. They lose their closer, and they just never got on track. And, and so – that's why, like, when you think about roster building, it's it's like you're always trying to make sure you can protect yourself for the what if. Um, I think last year um, our what if became kind of everything, and that became a problem. So, you know, we're just going to try to go into to this this coming season, 2024, with as much insurance slash protection as we can find. I know that you spent a lot of time through the years with Tyler O'Neill. So, you know, players get moved and, and I know that, that sometimes it feels like pieces, you know, on a, on a chessboard or whatever, but they are human beings. And I know that, that uh, you spent a lot of time with Tyler through the years, but ultimately this, I think the number one reason was you needed to create some sort of relief in your outfield. Do you feel like that's there? Do you think the log jam has been lifted uh, in the outfield? Well, I imagine you could probably name about four or five guys that are going to say, well, there's still, there's still a log jam, but I definitely feel like trying to get, you know, T.O. and and D.C. at bats when you're already trying to pencil in 
somebody like Newt, Tommy Edmond, and, and Walker, it, it's going to be challenging. And, you know, Burleson right now, Palacio, these guys are all, you know, parts on a team. And it did help to sort of clear something out. And, you know, the purpose of T.O. was, was really that, um, you know, as we started to look around, the one guy that we didn't want to trade was, was D.C. because he does give you protection in all three outfield positions versus, you know, we felt like T.O. was not very comfortable playing center field and therefore just wanted to make sure that, you know, we kept that insurance um, for 2024. But, you know, camp's going to be competitive. And that, that's one thing I, you know, certainly want our listeners to understand that, you know, we're going to go into this camp and guys are guys are going to be, uh, you know, fighting for playing time, fighting for, how this season's going to begin and where they're going to slot into that lineup or on the bench. And so um, that's always exciting. I think sometimes when you just all of a sudden have your, your starting eight kind of penciled out, it, it can, it can be a, a duller camp. Whereas I think this year, you know, there's going to be some, some real competition. And, you know, you think about what's going on where Donovan and, and Gorman, for example, in the infield, obviously Contreras, Goldie and Nolan, you can pencil in, but the rest is going to be like, let's see how we, uh, how we look and, and how people show up. How is Donovan? Is he going to be good to go? Ready to go? I think so. Yeah. I think he's uh, progressing really well. Uh, had a medical update early last week and, you know, there were no real red flags for anyone at this point. So, you know, knock on wood and that's encouraging. I'm curious your thoughts on Victor Scott. When I saw him in spring training last year, I was like, who the heck is that? I mean, he flies. He, speed was unbelievable. Then I discover he's more than that. He started to become a hitter and a really good fielder. Yeah, I think when, when he was drafted, he was he was a sprinter. Uh, I think now he's becoming a baseball player. And, you know, that's, that's a great compliment. And so – I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch, fun guy to follow. And, you know, when you're looking at, at someone that has that type of elite speed and knows how to use it, it it's, it's a powerful tool. I mean, he literally doesn't hit for a lot of power, but the fact he gets on base, it could be a double or a triple fast because um, he's that good of a base runner. And uh, we're very excited about him. Uh, I was talking with Flo the other day, and, you know, he's, he's really excited about this guy's talent and, you know, just reminded me he's got real upside, so don't, don't block him. <laughs> right. That's uh, Randy Flores, of course, the director of scouting, who's done a terrific job with that farm system. Uh, great personality, good, always fun to spend time with him. John Mozalak with us for just a few more minutes. Uh, Shohei Otani, oh my, what a, that contract changed uh, its. Uh, it changed like by the day it seemed in ter- based on reports. First, it's seven hundred million, then it's six hundred eighty million deferred, then it's. He has an opt-out, according to the AP. I mean, what was your overall reaction to everything that happened there? I, I think that I think this contract's very misunderstood. So okay. I'm going to try to do a, uh, a <laughs> yeah, please. contract 101 I, for everybody. I do want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the face of this contract is worth 700 million, but in present value terms, it's really worth 460 million. And what that really means is, if you don't understand the value of a dollar. I could give you a dollar today, and it is worth a dollar. If I choose to give you that dollar 10 years from now, that dollar is worth about 46 cents. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening here is, from a gross standpoint, it's a $700 million contract. What the Dodgers will have to book is $46 million a year based on those deferrals. Now, this is a unicorn-type deal, right, because not many people sign – a contract and defer, defer a seven 
or it's a seven hundred million dollar contract and defer six hundred and eighty. That's very rare. But the reason he has the ability to do that is because he has off the field income that allows him to not have to worry about getting paid currently. And so it to his benefit could be a tax benefit down the road. I mean, there's some risk on either side because of interest rates and that type of thing, but you know, net net not many people can just agree to these types of terms because they don't have the off the field income or passive income from other places. So the the key of this is just understanding present value of the dollar. And so Dodgers will book $46 million over the next 10 years, which obviously is 460 million, which is a record, but um, you know, the 700, I think everybody took a step back when they saw that number. Yeah. Yeah. No question. No, that's very well broken down. We appreciate that. And the, the competitive balance tax and, and all of those things that factor in and that $46 million figure. We appreciate that. The the other thing, you know, I know that they're actually, I talked to Bill DeWitt the third about this, that they have a very healthy television contract out there. We know that, um, that they're, we also know that the television situation just sort of around major league baseball has some effect uh, through through a lot of these teams. So what is your overarching view of that situation as it stands right now? Well, I think the, the simplest way to say it is that there's a lot of volatility right now in, in <clears throat> local revenue or local media revenue. Um, so, you know, some teams have already been told <laughs> the type of hit they're going to take. Other teams are, are still uh, fingers crossed and, and trying to remain optimistic. So I think over the next uh, probably month, you're going to have a lot better, clear. You're going to have a much clearer picture on what it looks like from an industry standpoint. Um, but you know, most recently, even Seattle just took over their TV rights. So there's a lot of change happening right now. But the easiest way to think about it for for a summary statement would be there's volatility in, in local revenue, local media revenue. We appreciate you helping us navigate that as well. And thank you for your time. Again, thanks for doing this early. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We appreciate it. All right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Great to visit with John Mosaylock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations on KMOX. Travis Ford, boy, he's got to be happy this morning. Although I don't think he's very happy with his team's play lately. So we're going to go through both of those, the buzzer beater and the overall team. It's 1029. Travis Ford is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Blues interim coach Drew Bannister will be with us at 1045. Tickets win! 
Connecticut win. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Great to visit with John Mosellock. Last segment, you can go back and listen to that at 10-15. Drew Bannister, interim coach of the St. Louis Blues. What a thrilling win they had last night. He is at 10-45. But right now, 74-72, five seconds. Here comes Hargrove. Hargrove across the timeline. Three, two, one. Bang, you got it! The Billikens win! The Billikens win! Hargrove at the buzzer! Hargrove at the buzzer! Hits the three! What a run by Terrence Hargrove Jr. to finish the game! Dunks and threes all from Hargrove! He wins at the buzzer! Holy cow! 75-74! Terrence Hargrove Jr. hits the three at the buzzer! Oh, it was unbelievable. And joining us after that call on KMOX is the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens. Billikens Report with Travis Ford, sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. Good morning, coach. What do you think when you hear that call? Well, that's exciting. I tell you, it's, uh, you know, it. Uh, we had a really good first half, played a great first half, and really led up defensively in the second half. But really proud of our team for sticking with it, playing until the end, and what an amazing, uh, exciting last minute of the game, last 28 seconds for TJ to score 11 points in 28 seconds. We needed every single one of them. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, I said after the game, you know, when you've been doing this as long as I have and around sports and playing it and coaching it, uh, it's the old saying, uh, the thrill of victory. And you, we've seen the agony of defeat as well. You see, you know, you've been on both sides of it. Uh, but it sure feels good to be on this side. Yeah, it does. Uh, if that ball rims out, you know, you lose the game and you think about letting that lead get away. I totally get it. How about uh, Hargrove? He looks like LeBron James out there on that last play. He's, he's like, you know, gets the defender off balance. He <laughs> pulls up and knocks down a three. I mean, and before that, too, on the tying one. Yeah, I made a great inside-out move on the end. And, you know, there was five seconds left on the clock. When they were at the free throw line, they miss. And, uh, you know, you really actually have time to – we could either have taken a two or three, take, you know, as we told them, take the best shot you can get. But you also got to be cognizant of the clock, things you work on in practice. And, uh, you know, them, you know, actually missing the shot took off a second and – we got the rebound and actually threw the ball to TJ, which took up another second. So he had no choice to take a three at that point. Um, and uh, just an amazing, amazing 28 seconds. It really was. 11 points in 28 seconds for Terrence Hargrove Jr. The Billikens win a thriller 75-74 against a good Louisiana Tech team. That is a good team over there, and you could just see them gain confidence uh, they were very vocal on their bench. They were yelling and screaming and uh, encouraging their defense to do what they could. Uh, you mentioned that you didn't like your defense in the second half. Their, theirs wasn't too bad, but you were running some really good offense. That's an experienced team over there. On the flip side, your team is like, I mean, you can't shake the injury bug. You got players that are can't get cleared. I mean, I don't know how you're patching it together, but you were able to these last two at least. Actually, you know what? Since the Southern Illinois game, uh, you, you've had the pedal down. Yeah, you know, Tom, it's, 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 it's well talked about. We, it's been an interesting month and a half, uh, and I've been doing this a long time. Uh, you're talking about major injuries to your team, starting with your leading score. You're sitting there 4-0 and as a basketball team with some really good wins under your belt, 
averaging about 82 points a game and you lose a guy that's averaging 20, then the injury bug hits our whole team. Uh, now, you know, now we've added a really good player in the middle of the week. Um, it's just we've had to change gears of not just personnel, but we've changed gears of how we play, just the, the style of play from everything we worked on in the preseason. We've had to change it uh, based on personnel. Just really and – I, and I remind my team of this almost every, daily – how much I appreciate them adapting to all the different types of adversity uh, that we've experienced, uh, and, and it's it, it it's been fun to watch them get better since that game you mentioned. And uh, you know, adding Brad as a Waro uh, is going to continue to make our team better as he continues to get in shape, as he continues to understand and play with this team. But yeah, it's. Uh, it was a really good tw- win, as you mentioned. Louisiana Tech is a very, very old team. Maybe the most experienced team we've played yet. Came in 9-2, and two, playing extremely well. So a really, really good win for our team. As great as, 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 as poor defense as I thought we played first half, we played elite defense the first half. You yeah. know, that puts, you know, I start talking about both sides, and I, as typical as a coach, you, you think more about the things you didn't do well. What we did the first half probably put us in a position to win the game. I mean, holding them to 27 points was not easy to do. No, it is not. It is not. By the way, and I want to circle back to Ezewero, but how do you practice during finals week? I mean, is it, it how do you keep players uh, on focused on everything they have to do? And were those practices, I'm not blaming finals, but I'm just saying, we're, what, what was yeah. that week like of practice? Well, finals week, Tom, is always difficult in a lot of ways. Normally, you have a set time you practice every day, and that's a set routine. When finals hit, you may practice where we normally practice at like 2.30 in the afternoon every day. You may practice at 5 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock in the morning. You're just trying to fit it in around their academic schedule, their final schedule. Then you add in all the stress that goes into finals, and – you know, we try to give our guys a lot of time to focus on their academics. We took off a few more days maybe than we normally would. So we got a lot of young players, a lot of freshmen that never really experienced finals before, so we wanted to give them the extra time. And the stress of that, then you add in there, oh, for 48 hours we're trying to figure out, is Brad as a world playing? Is he not playing? We're dealing with injuries. I thought this week would allow us to get a little bit healthier. Larry Hughes obviously did get healthier, but, um, you know, one of our players that we think is playing the best, Kellen Thames, just couldn't go last night. He tried to go. He tried to go. Gave us a couple of good minutes, and then I looked at him in the second half said, Kellen, can you go? And he's just like, I can't go, Coach. I can't go. Um, didn't get Mike Meadows back. Obviously don't have Sincere Parker back. So it's a long week. It was a very, very long week. Uh, some finals week throughout my career, you get a lot done. Some finals week, you don't get much done at all. And unfortunately, that was kind of our week this week. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Jimerson's been hurt this year. Uh, Medley, right? Yeah. Isn't Medley a little banged up too? Yeah, Seahawks uh, been a little banged up. He got banged up last night. We initially didn't think he was going to be able to come back. He got hurt mid-first half. But he's a tough little guy, and he knew how bad we needed him and uh, put on a knee brace and got back out there and did a really good job. 
Uh, Isaguero looks like he belongs. I mean, he is a uh, he is a post Division One college basketball postman. He knows how to score. He knows how to rebound. He's got some uh, confidence in him. But I'll tell you what, he looks the part. But you know, I'm not in your locker room. But I've got to think that he's still trying to figure out what's going on out there. I mean, yeah. if right, it it almost became funny last night mid first half we're calling out plays and he has no idea we're just trying to orchestrate it you can literally see me on the sidelines trying to point him to where to go and what to do in the middle of a heated basketball game and he is doing the best he can and people may wonder well why does he not know the place well once you start the season he goes to the scout team so you know you we've got to go with the players that are playing in the game and you start learning the other team's plays. You're not focused as much on our plays. Um, not that he just he knew some. He did. You know, we have so many of them. But that's how you. You know, when you're on the scout team, you're running the other team's play literally daily once the season starts, because we've been playing a game probably every three to four days. There's not much time to work on yourself. You're preparing for a game. Um, so you saw the potential of Brad as a world. You saw what he, what he can bring. Now, once he gets in better shape, once he starts learning the, the system better, I think he's just going to continue to help our team more and more each game. Yeah, the guy scores 17 points with five rebounds. He even had an assist. He did foul out of the game, but I thought he was really good. So I was there last night with my seventh grade girls team. They were the ones making noise next to the, they got moved down in the second half. So the, 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 the slew staff to their credit, your game day staff spotted them. They came down to throw the stuffed animals onto the floor at your teddy bear toss with the, those gifts going to Salvation Army. And so your SLU staff brought them down into the student section. They were right behind the basket close to the Louisiana Tech bench. So they were trying to all wave their arms and, you know, get those free throws to, to miss. Maybe they did play a factor. I don't know. But they, they were having an absolute ball. And I told them afterwards, we got on the bus and I handed out their uniforms. They got their jerseys for the first time. And I said, what a game. And I said, let that be a lesson. Never stop playing. And they absolutely ate that up. That's exactly right. That game was, it looked lost there. Never stop till that final buzzer sounds, right? Your message to your team, your daughter's team, is the exact same message I gave my team after the game. And I said, you just never know. You never know. Uh, you know, whether you're way out of a game, you keep playing, whether you're working on something or whether you're just trying to get better or whether it's close, you keep playing till the very, very end because you never know what can happen as far as winning and losing but you also want to always try to get better no matter what. And uh, I thought we saw a great example of that because we led most of the game. Uh, most of the game we had a, a six to eight to nine, ten-point lead, uh, and then we really fatigued, I thought. I thought we really fatigued for, for some reason late, mid, late first, uh, second half. But uh, energy under one minute, and they will pull it off. But you're exactly right. Uh, keep playing until the final buzzer because you never know. Yeah, that's the fun of basketball. Well, I had some basketball day. I was at the Indiana-Kansas game before that and then came in uh, <laughs> to take my team down to Chaffetz for your game. It was a heck of a, a day, a one-two punch like I haven't experienced in a while. And then now you're going to NC State. That, that will be no picnic. I mean, they're, that's an ACC team playing at home. What do you see there in our final thing here, Coach? 
talented basketball team. Very, very talented. A lot of skill, big men inside, scores, um, change defenses a lot. It's going to be a great challenge on the road. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for doing this. And in case I don't talk to you, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas, Tom. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Travis Ford and the Billikens, what a win for them over Louisiana Tech, 75-74. Quick break and another big win for this man, Drew Bannister, the interim coach of the St. Louis Blues, will be with us for our final segment. We're going to the Chiefs early today, 11 a.m. pregame for the Chiefs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And the Patriots. Back after this, the Billiken Report, sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken's win! Billiken's win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. He'll drop it off for Thomas. Trying to find some room and some speed. To the speedster Cairo. He darts up the middle. In on goal. Cairo. Save. Rebound. They score. Pareko wins it. Goodbye. Good night. Great call there. John Kelly on Bally Sports Midwest. Blues win it in overtime. They knock off the Dallas Stars 4-3. And joining us, the man behind the bench. He is 2-0 as interim coach of the St. Louis Blues. Drew Bannister is with us. Drew, it's great to catch up with you. You and I have not met yet, but I look forward to that day, and I appreciate you being on the show. Um, yeah, th- thanks, Tom. Appreciate uh, you taking the time to to speak to me this morning, and uh, yeah, good morning. It's great to talk to you. Good morning to you, and what a win. Uh, a terrific win. What a play there. Set up that play for us, if you would. Cairo and then Pareko banging it home. Yeah, um, you know, I think I talked to, talked a little bit about Jordan's game yesterday in the presser, and uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, his, his ability to, to to create plays by using his speed, and I think you you see that uh, in that clip uh, where he was able to gain some speed. Uh, him and Robbie had, uh, you know, kind of built their speed both with with a few drops in the neutral zone until uh, Jordan saw you know a window to be able to attack and. 
Um, he's really dangerous when he's able to drive through uh, and, and to the net and uh, obviously Perry following it up. Um, you know, making a pretty skilled play for, for a big man to be able to pull that puck off the goal line and uh, put it under the crossbar. Yeah, and the Blues get a terrific win over the Stars, and they've won back-to-back good games. You beat the Senators, and now you've beaten the Stars, and you're off and running. Now, before we talk about your players, I want to talk about you for a minute. What was that phone call like and that uh, whirlwind, I'm certain, of a day getting you to St. Louis, learning that you were going to take over for Craig Berube? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a call that uh, you, you expect. Um you know, I think I talked about this a little bit, just, you know, uh, you know Doug and I do have conversations, um, you know, about uh, about players, uh, about the team at times. Um, you know, uh, usually late night phone calls are, are after games. There, there's there's usually injuries that are involved and, and we're talking about, you know, players that are being called up um, um, because Kevin Maxwell, my GM down there, I knew he was on the road. So uh, at the time, so I kind of, when the phone call came through, I, uh, in my thought, it was it was probably something towards injury and somebody calling up. So, um, you know, as the conversation went on, um, you know, when I was offered the the job to come in as a, as an intern basis, uh, certainly, you know, a very very humbling experience. Uh, extremely excited. Um, you know, a lot of anxiousness and nerves too at the same time. Uh, certainly didn't get any sleep that night. Had to to, to start packing. Um, you know, and then get up or get up in the morning, uh, get myself to uh, the rink in Springfield, collect myself down there, see my staff, uh, say our goodbyes, uh, and then jump on a plane and, uh, you know, had to lay over in Baltimore, uh, got into, uh, to St. Louis, uh, around 4.30, I guess, got myself, uh, to the rental car, got to the hotel, uh, was able to unpack a little bit, unwind, um, you know, found something to eat and then, you know, another, not a great great night's sleep but a little bit of sleep and uh into the rink in the morning and uh getting prepared for for that game that night that uh, feeling of not sleeping i'm sure is a mixture of all kinds of stuff nervousness excitement anxiousness all those things because you're about to do something that you probably always thought about when would that day come and again at the expense of of chief losing his job but you know, you do have that opportunity. You and I are about the same age. You're 49. I'm 48. And when you spend a lot of years doing something, you gain that confidence. It's it's immeasurable what length of time can do for you. You, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of highs, lows, and all of that factors into being ready for this assignment. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, my... You know, I'll go back to my playing career. You know, I, I grew up in, in Northern Ontario playing hockey and, you know, playing at high levels and, and going through major junior and then being drafted to the NHL, you know, going through the ups and downs of, uh, of being an American. You know, at the time it was an, I was playing in the IHL. That's where Tampa's farm team was, was in Atlanta. Um, so some ups and downs there and, you know, kind of being a bubble player uh, at the NHL level, uh, trying to find my way. Um, you know, managed to, to stay in the league for, for, you know, up and down for, for four or five years, um, you know, but continued my career after that. Had some pretty good success with some teams winning some championships, you know, at the, at, at, at the American League level. Um, went over to Europe, um, you know, had some success over there. Came back over for, for a year in, in 2010 with, uh, with Ottawa. More in a veteran kind of 
leadership role um, down in the American League, kind of mentoring some younger players. Eric Carlson uh, was my defense partner at that time. Um, so, and then, you know, later on in my career, I uh, went back to Europe, started uh, as a Reg Dunlop player coach uh, for two years. Uh, I, you know, I had such a passion for the game, playing, loved the, you know, loved the game. Um, you know, love the room, love being around the guys. Um, you know, uh, I just felt, you know, that it was something that I wanted to continue and it was a path that I could continue being a part of the game. Um, and, you know, where that took me was uh, to Owen Sound as an assistant coach for three years. Uh, you know, had had great people to, to, to work with there. Uh, Dale DeGray was the general manager um, at the time. Um, Greg Ireland, who was the head coach, uh, really loved working with them, learned a lot. Uh, and then, you know, after the three years, I was, you know, able to, uh, you know, apply and, and get the job in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, where I played my junior hockey. Uh, and again, uh, worked with a lot of great people there. Cal Raftis, who's a GM. Uh, at that time, I'd just taken over from Sheldon Keefe, who had left to go to the Marlies. Uh, and we had three great years there. Um, and then, you know, moved on to, to St. Louis uh, with the American League team um, and been there for, I guess, five and a half years now, minus the COVID year where we were in Utica and we did a split uh, and we were working as two teams there. So a lot of ups and downs um, from playing and the coaching and, and, and failing and learning and moving on and getting better. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, I, I'm one person that never rushes into anything. I want to make sure that I'm ready uh, when the opportunity comes. Uh, certainly when, you know, I left on sound to go to the Sioux, uh, I was, I felt at that time I was ready to become a head coach. I know there was going to be, you know, certainly some, some avenues that, that I had to adjust to and, and there'd be some ups and downs and there was, and I became a better coach from it. Uh, and then, you know, the same, you know, I go from, from junior where I'm dealing with teenagers to now dealing with pros in the American league level, guys that have played in the NHL, uh, you know, players coming out of junior, um, you know, now people have families, they have kids. Uh, so that was the adjustment of how, how to deal with, with the individuals, the adults, uh, the kids coming out of junior. Um, and again, you know, it's, it was always a test. You know, sometimes, you're, sometimes you fail, um, you learn from it, you move on and you become a better coach. Um, and I think over the last, you know, two and a half years, three years in Springfield, uh, we've, we've, we've really done a great job, uh, our staff, uh, of, of getting our players prepared Um you know, in Springfield, and we've had a lot of success down there. Well, it's great to get to know you. I really appreciate this. Uh, good luck in your next game and beyond, and thank you for doing this today. We appreciate it, Drew. Uh, th- thanks for having me, Tom, anytime. Drew Bannister with us on KMOX. The Chiefs are next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.